For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Got a great topic for you today. We're talking about the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations, and specifically the NFLPA and their involvement in these negotiations. And, and have a great guest for you, Jama Raymer, uh, joining us all the way from Missouri. But Jama, thanks for coming on and talking about this. No problem. No problem at all, Ken. Huge fan. I, I appreciate that. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will murder your thirst. Please give their product a try. Uh, Lamar's contract situation has dominated this offseason, uh, really for the last few months and into this season. Uh, most folks, I think, want to see Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform for the rest of his career. We actually have a contrarian viewpoint on that coming up on the show that I think will be fairly interesting. But uh, who says, hey, maybe it's better just trade Lamar for a bunch of draft picks while his value is very high. But uh, I think most folks, and I, I certainly put myself in this category, want to see Lamar <laughs> here for the rest of his career. And, uh, you know, in a way that works for both Lamar and the team, because if it works for the team, it generally is going to work for the fans in terms in terms of that. Uh, but there is some fairly complex background here that the, the, the uh, just to talk about the cap in general uh, is a fixed portion of revenues league wide. It's kind of an inescapable reality, the NFL. And I think, John, would you fair to say that this is one of the things that's really led to stability of the league? I think it led more and was needed in more of the infancy to middle age of the league. I think it actually needs to be addressed probably with, with known that the CBA is actually locked in for the next 12 years or 10 years um, in the future. But I would say about 90% of the structure is needed, especially for those, those teams where it comes to the regional revenue mm -hmm. to be able to share with them. Like, you know, you have the Jacksonville's, you have the Houston Texans, because, you know, Dallas takes up all the air in the room in Texas. So they're not going to get the same amount of uh, local monetary um, windfall that many of the other bigger national name teams um, receive. So, yes, in, in that sense, 
it's great for the league. Yeah, I, 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 I know there are people who have problems with the way the CBA is done, but all, all I can say is the CBA has made a lot of people very wealthy and not, it's not just owners, it's players, it's everything. It's, it's made, you know, a fruitful league that is the most successful of all our, our professional sports leagues. And I look at baseball, which is really dying at this point. They can't even get, uh, you know, a network to cover the world series games at this point. Uh, and, you know, Part of the reason it's dying is they don't share revenue, and uh, that's led to large market teams dominating the small in a, in a way that is, I think, very unhealthy for sports. I really like the way football has it. I think it forces all teams to be on a, a kind of a smart level playing field. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, um, and that's why I said that's where the ten percent comes in and the ninety. The the ninety actually keeps it solidified, keeps everybody engaged. It helps when it comes to the different rules where you have. You're not knowing who might win, who might be the hot team rolling into the playoffs. Um, so it, it it definitely gives the, the parody, um, the best reality TV show on TV vibes. It locks that in for, you could say, the foreseeable future, um, depending on how they deal with the concussions and the, the lower rate of kids playing uh, kid football, everything mostly going towards flag football. So it's it's going to be, I guess, the next interesting 15 to 20 years from now. But as we speak now in the now, it's it's king. It's king. It's a good it's an interesting point about the concussions, because that's certainly if there if there are things that are, can bring the game down, it would be like significant health issues with regard to playing the sport would be would be one of the things. Uh, it's it'll funny. be soccer moms. It, it'll be soccer and football moms not wanting their <laughs> kids to be potential vegetables. You know, they, they want you know how moms moms always have that that 10 15 20 year perspective whereas you know most dads are like i want my son to be excellent where moms is like no i would like to be able to play with my grandkids with my son there too <laughs> so you know moms have that long view and you know how it usually is what they say in the house kind of goes I, well it's really true <laughs> uh let me let me get back to the lamar contract situation for a minute because talk when i talk about the cap essentially a hundred percent of the cap is spent on player comp over any given period of time, meaning teams can borrow from future caps and then they have to deal with dead money on the cap or they have to deal with the fact that they spent money already on, on things that bonuses, for example, that then have to be prorated over that period. Um, but essentially a hundred percent of that money gets, gets spent. There are maybe a couple exceptions in the league of teams that try and spend under the cap and, use the rules to get a, around for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm coughing and saying, talking about the Bengals when I, when we're having there, cause they're certainly known as being a cheap team, but there are a couple teams that are doing that, but the, the rules are very well closely set to, to make those teams spend. So the point is that, or, or the way I look at the cap is it's a total pie to be divided among all NFL players. Uh, and that's where we come into the discussion about Jackson, Jackson, First of all, it doesn't have an agent, and and we'll we'll discuss about why. That, for, what do you think about the wisdom of Lamar Jackson not having an agent? I think we necessarily need to not put the title of agent because most of these players, and I'll go to more of a global aspect of it. They have advisors, sure. They have business partners. Um, Kevin Durant doesn't need an agent. LeBron James doesn't need an agent. They're basically walking conglomerates. And I'm pretty sure they see all the details of their contracts because they're multifaceted. It's just not basketball for them. Their, their hands are in so many different pies. I'm pretty sure that any contract that they sign, 
they're going over the negotiations of it before it even comes to them. You know, it's going to get rubber stamped from that person, that person, and then I'm going to go over it with my legal team. And then we're going to go over it. And I think we have to give a, a little bit of leeway and open our minds to thinking a lot of these young men, especially now in this age where people create their own content and mm -hmm. are more engaged with their fans, with the social media, that they kind of know what's up. Do some of them falter? Yes. Not every, but th that goes into business. Not all business people make the best business decisions. Sure. But, but in this case, I think we have to, to look at the, the proof necessarily that he's made more money by not having an agent. Mm -hmm. An agent would have forced him to sign a contract probably two years ago. He's literally made probably more than, let's say, $130 million by not having an agent. And well, that, that you, and then what, what, what we will go into sometimes and say is, is he really this smart business-wise or did he get lucky? You have to look at the consistency of sound decisions and say, maybe this young man knows what he's doing. We, you know, we went through it with Joe Flacco in terms of making a big bet on himself and going all the way to the to the free agent wire in terms of that. Lamar certainly has made a good bet on himself. So far, it's paid off. It won't actually pay off for him. It's still unrealized gain until he actually signs that contract. But uh, but it does have a it seems like he's he's well on his way to making the right decision financially for himself and making even more money. Uh, but this is not really the topic that I want to talk about. The talk, the topic I want to talk about and get some of your opinions, because we started off on Twitter and we had some back and forth on this that I thought was it was fruitful, but it's also frustrating to talk about on Twitter because it limits you in the characters and you can't really make a, a, a point like you can make one uh, with words and, uh, you know, in 280 characters anyway. But the NFLPA has has reportedly been involved in these contracts and with the recent contracts to Russell Wilson, which who which included some non-guaranteed money, um, to Deshaun Watson, which was all guaranteed, and what was the other one that was that included some non-guaranteed that was recent? Uh, uh, one of the big David, ones, David Carr, David Carr uh, got, and um, Math, Matthew Stafford. They got their deals too in the offseason, and they weren't fully guaranteed. Okay, I, well, those are those are good examples, but but there was there was another one that was signed since Watson, and it's not either of those two that I'm thinking of. But that's okay; doesn't really matter. The, the question is, you know, is there a structure now that is is going to be a a precedent and whatnot? And it seems like the NFLPA really wants the precedent to be that quarterback contracts are fully guaranteed for the top players, at least. So my question would be, why is that their business as opposed to generally supporting the league and and before before i maybe make the make the point i'm going to make is that well maybe not but it, it, the all of the players are their constituents if a quarterback makes more money other positions are making less money do i feel like i'm being represented fairly as a running back or a linebacker if the nflpa is going all a whole hog trying to get a fully guaranteed contract for lamar jackson are you guys still noticing that there's these strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section at your local grocery store? Well, that's because it's not beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is it liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and its infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring a death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits of every can sold to help kill that plastic pollution. 
And you guys know me. I come on here and tell you a story about how I've been using it that week and kind of form people as I'm drinking water. Well, I got a new one this week. I'm not going to tell you what I did. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do because this week is Halloween. So Monday night, I'm taking the kids around. And I know there's some people that are handing out beer and shots and stuff. But I don't want to do that when I'm around my kids. So when I'm dragging my two eight-year-olds around and going door to door, I'll be dragging the wagon with the cooler of liquid death. So I'll be handing out tall boys of water to parents. And hey, if a kid asks, I can actually give it to a kid as well because all it is is water straight from the Alps. Go on and get liquid death. Get it today. Get it ready for Halloween. Uh, You go get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com forward slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. I think in the mindset when you you pose the question that way, the answer would be yes. But I think that's micro, not macro. I think that's more of a, a micro way of looking at it. And I think the NFLPA is looking at the macro being that they're already locked into a 10 to 12 year CBA. There's not too many changes that they can make that will make structural change. But the one thing that they can assist with is setting and cementing a precedent. And there's no precedent that can be set if Aaron Donald gets a full and guaranteed contract because he's kind of a freak of nature and he's an anomaly. Um, you know, so you, no defensive tackle or defensive player can say, hey, I want Aaron Donald money. No, there's the one position and just not in football, but in all of sports that captivates everyone's attention. And that's the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson is a top five player, not even quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he's coming up and he's up. He's next to bat. And you always know it. The next QB normally leapfrogs the other QB. And in this sense, a precedent on shaky legs because of circumstances was set by Deshaun Watson, but first and prior was done by Kirk Cousins. Each situation was different. Kirk was a full-blown free agent. So any team had to outbid the other team. Deshaun, with his circumstances, operated like a free agent. So he went to the highest bidder with approved trade compensation with the Houston Texans. So basically if the Texans said, yep, we have no problem with this compensation, all the teams that they said okay to had to outbid each other for Deshaun's services. So, and, you know, he was a free agent, you know, uh, in, in, in all um, instances. The situation with Lamar is that he's younger, he's better, more accomplished than all the QBs I just, I just mentioned. Statistically, in every way, when you look at it, Lamar is the better quarterback. How can you tell this young man, no off the field issue? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I don't have any objection to the Lamar's the better quarterback. In fact, I agree with you completely on that. The question was whether the NFL PA should be advocating for the, for the contract to be of this particular structure for this player. And And that's that's, where, yeah, my my apologies. So, so that's where the NFL PA actually comes in because like you, you look at the comment by Steve Bashotti when he said probably this player shouldn't have been the player to set the standard. So the NFL PA is actually coming by and says, you know what? You're right, Mr. Bashadi. Your player is the player that should set that standard because he's exemplarily off the field. He's exceptional, generationally talented on the field. So yes, we'll use your words in our favor. This is the player that should do that. 
to take that nasty taste out of everyone's mouth and set the precedent because it's a trickle-down effect when it comes to football. The quarterbacks usually set the market and then everybody else tries to catch up. They either set the precedent where total money or they set the precedent for bonuses. So if they're saying, if we can get the floor even higher, it brings, it you know, rising tides, all boats. So basically we set a new ceiling, it's gonna make a new floor. Okay, so I, I agree if you're talking about quarterback contracts exclusively, but this will then necessarily take money from somewhere else because there is a finite number of total dollars in the cap. It will always be tied to revenue as a percentage. So there's only two ways that the NFL can, can win in the long run for all the rest of their constituencies. Number one, and, and maybe there's some other ways you can think of, but I can think of two big ways. One is increase the overall cap by generating more revenue which I don't see how getting Lamar a bigger contract is really going to do. I, I do it. I, I don't think in the end fans really care about that. Getting in bed with gambling, that's another matter. That could that could make the league a lot of money and the players can, and owners can both share it. If, if you know, But those are two very different things we're talking about. But number two is um, they can increase the share that the players get of the total cap. And you mentioned we're locked in where we are now for the next 10 years or whatever it is on this current CBA. So that ain't changing anytime soon. So. What's the NFL's long game here in terms of, of how would how does it benefit? How does it benefit from having Lamar Jackson go from some some percentage of the cap to some small additional percentage of the cap? So let's say he would make 18% of the cap and now he's going to make 20% of the cap because of a new structure of a deal. What's the NFL's long game win from that? I think with the NFL and the NFLPA, what into your point when it comes to other positions, it would actually, by setting that precedent that the NFLPA is pushing for, it will actually probably force teams into smaller guaranteed contracts for a, a running back, for a linebacker. So instead of you seeing these six and seven year deals, you'll probably see two to three year deals where the majority of it is guaranteed and it forces the players to actually have to be read up in a faster period of time, especially for those positions that uh, you can say break down faster, like our linebackers, like our running backs, because of all the contact that they, they and pounding they take week in, week out. My, my thinking is, um, I see it as it, it's more shorter contracts, and then you can guarantee those. And my, my young running backs who are coming out of college doing those two to three years when they start, and then they, if they get drafted in the first or second round, they're locked in anywhere between five to four years, those contracts are going to become smaller. And they're actually going to see more money up front, which also goes towards dues. But now we have a, a healthier financially uh, um, body of our union where everyone is, is getting it because the precedent was set. So you can go to an owner and say, you know what? We're not going to ask you for the, the, the four or five year guaranteed deal that Lamar Jackson got. But let's do a two year, three year to, to give you give it the, the three years to allow you to. to be able to be flexible in your in your thinking for the cap. You have that space so you can branch that bonus out over the three years, but we're actually going to negotiate again on year two going into year three. So it allows the player to re-up faster and it gives the team just enough flexibility to be able to eat that contract and pr- present to the owner like, okay, we're not guaranteeing his full contract. It's a three-year contract, but those four, it's really a two-year contract. And I, I think that's what we're going with it. If, if, and, okay. That's probably what the NFLPA wants. 
Okay, so Kevin Zeitler has a deal that's very much like that. If you look at it, and he's obviously not a quarterback, offensive lineman, but uh, he has a contract that really is is kind of a might be a three to make three, might be a three to make two deal, depending on how you look at it, because there's a fair amount of salary in the third year. We saw Ed Reed, Marshall Yonda, I think Derek Mason, other people continually re-up with a, with some two-year deals at the end of their career, which were really one-year deals. Uh, so that there's some there's some possibility for that, but all of that requires non-guaranteed money in the contract in order to make that sort of a structure work and be spread in a way that it makes sense cap-wise. Otherwise, if it's all guaranteed money, then they have to then they have to juice the guaranteed money to be a lot less in year one or a lot more in year two than it is in year one. I think that's how they sell it to the the, and the NFLPA will sell it to the players, where you're going to see the bulk of your money, and then you'll actually be able to re up right back into the pie where you're not locked into a, we all know the first three years is what matters in contracts, but what teams normally do is they lock you into that six year, seven year deal. Plus you probably still have that one or two years left on your original contract. So like, for instance, when Josh signed his contract, it was an eight year contract, but he still had two years left plus his, his, um, his five year extension. So he was technically locked into an eight year contract. It wasn't, I'm, I, I'm sorry, Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. Gotcha. Right. When, when Josh Allen signed his contract, he was in his, his third year. So mm-hmm. he was eligible. I mean, he was after his third year, so he was eligible for the extension. So they locked him into a, a six year contract with the additional two years. So he was locked into an eight year contract, mm-hmm. which helps the team. Same with Patrick Mahomes. Those sure. things help the team. So you as a player at a different position can't, can't necessarily say, you know what, I want my money now and I don't want to give away all the years of my prime and earning potential, but the precedent has to be set up here with the guys that, that have a voice. There's only probably maybe a cornerback or a defensive end, but definitely the quarterbacks, their voice matters. So when agents are able to go into the negotiating room and say, you know what, uh, let's, let's take uh, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. When mm-hmm. he goes in and he wants his new contract, I don't want a five-year contract. I would like a three-year contract. The first two years are guaranteed money, and then we can come back to negotiating table because my life expectancy in this game is not is not um, it is very finite. So this allows me to come right back to the pie and set those two to three-year guaranteed contracts that the NFLPA probably says, you know what, that and that's how they would sell it to the the um, the mass. I, I think that's a difficult sell for Josh Jacobs because I think at the Okay, let me let me talk about this with maybe by by analogy and to see if, if you look at how money flows on a poker table, uh, if you, from fifty thousand feet, there's a a clockwise rotation that goes with the movement of the button because when you're in position, you have an advantage over the player to your right, and you are consistently money is constantly rotating like a like a storm around the table for, for, from advantage position to advantage position. If you look at this in in terms of fifty thousand feet from uh, a, a position by position basis, you're going to see that that money is flowing from other positions to quarterback, no matter how you define it in terms of, of per year, career earnings, career earnings is probably the more meaningful one. Um, but, but in terms of the percentage of total cap that is in, ultimately spent on the quarterback position, it's going to be higher if quarterbacks are getting guaranteed deals and other people are getting shorter guaranteed deals or, you know, however you want to define it, the quarterbacks are still going to be getting a larger share of that pie. So my question comes back to, is the NFLPA really representing their constituency fully 
when they're when they're advocating for more guaranteed or fully guaranteed uh, contracts for for quarterbacks, knowing full well that the other positions cannot get all fully guaranteed contracts. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any money to to spend in in emergencies and in case of injuries and things like that. You you have to have some non guaranteed money on your deals. How do they? How do you address that notion with a with a guy, an offensive lineman who's raising his hand, saying, "How is this treating me fairly?" Uh, because, like when I mentioned earlier, you 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 actually get away with the game bonuses. And when I say game bonuses, I don't mean necessarily the game played. I'm talking about those 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 empty calorie bonuses that you know you probably will never hit. That just shows the, the total value of what your contract is, but money that you will never see when it comes and they, it's normally tied to the back end of the contract. So it looks all fancy like, hey, this person signed a six year, $200 million contract, only 80 of it is guaranteed. But these are all the bonuses that they can get that can add up to that. Mm-hmm. That's how you, what they sell is you no longer have to worry about those things. Your money is now guaranteed for a, a set point and you don't have to worry about hitting any workout bonuses. You don't have to worry about showing up to OTAs. You don't have to worry about meeting certain weight goals that the team mandates on you because your money is now guaranteed. Now, do you hit the the big overall contract where it's the huge number and tied to like six to eight years where it helps the team break down the money over a long period of time? No. So you what you do have to sell is the practicality of it. You have to sell that. Don't worry about those pipe dream number, numbers that you will never see. I'm going to give you meat and potatoes. You don't have to worry about the fluff anymore. You're going to eat steak and potatoes right <laughs> off the bat. Now, if you explain that to an offensive lineman and they like, wow, so you basically mean as I don't have to show up to OTAs to get that $1.5 million bonus <laughs> in March. Okay. So you're saying I don't have to hit this weight goal in June before the season starts. That money is already guaranteed for the next year, regardless of whatever happens. That's how you sell it. I, I would I would have a really hard time buying that as a uh, as a general manager that, ah. that that I I could that I could really deal with non guaranteed bonuses and and honestly if if players were demanding it, it it's it's a it's a question in the contract negotiation. I mean the Kyler Murray thing is is legendary now in terms of the recency and and him not really being um, as plugged His agent failed him. <laughs> His agent failed him on that one. How do you oh, to, let that to put that in contract? there? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's certainly bad, but weight weight bonuses are a big one. I mean, Ben Cleveland came to camp very overweight, lost a lot of respect from the team. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's been players in the past, even good ones who who come in overweight. Michael Pierce has been a guy who's who's you know been overweight at times in his career. Uh, it it does seem like it's often important to give a player an incentive to make weight and. Done in all sports, by the way, as far as I know, it certainly has been done in baseball in the past in terms of workout bonuses and and making weight and whatnot to to do this. Bob Horner in the eighties. I don't know if you if you might be too young to remember that, but uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> outstanding stuff here. Really appreciate you you coming on to do this. Is there anything else that we've missed on that, that you'd like to to add to this in terms of how this is a selling point for the? Uh, that the NFLPA can can go to their constituency and say, I'm really representing all of you when I represent Lamar Jackson. Yes. Um, and, and it goes to, and to your point where you, you just, you just went to the NFLPA has to sell it to his players that this is best for them. 
not necessarily what's best for the NFL because the NFL is always going to do what's best for them. And the NFLPA in many of these negotiations have always been at the end of it because they're always negotiation, ne negotiating off the back foot. They're always negotiating off the back foot. They're only gradually taking incremental steps to either make more money for the players or um, life, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, make, make their life easier necessarily like with the different insurances and stuff like that. But I do take into consideration when you say, you know, the weight, stuff like that. That is important. I was just throwing out an example of guaranteed sure. money to not having to worry about meeting a whole bunch of goals to get the money that you want and jump through hoops to satisfy someone else, whereas your money's guaranteed. There's the false narrative in, in the NBA. So we're going to go to the NBA real quick. Not all contracts in the NBA are guaranteed. But what it does do is the big dogs, their contracts are fully guaranteed. Like, and I'll use another example. Kobe Bryant used to get his full salary on week one of the NBA season. Hmm. I don't know if you knew that or not, where some players get paid periodically each week throughout the, the month. Kobe Bryant had it in his contract. You're going to give me my full pay now. <laughs> and and you, that sets a precedent. So you know who else followed that precedent? Damian Litter follows that precedent. LeBron James followed that precedent. The precedent has to be set so other people can walk in those footsteps. So now when those precedents actually become old, there's a new big precedent that someone has to set. Those old precedents now become the norm. So these these precedents you're talking about um, allow the most extreme right hand of the curve to take a larger share of the pie for sure. What they don't do is they don't do much for the little guy in the NFL. They don't do no. the Daryl Worley, who's been around for forever and is you know, just hanging on to the edge of the league. He does have one benefit, by the way, the NFLPA did really negotiate a good deal for the CBA. I guess they've got two things. Number one is they've got a great baseline of benefits, which is going to be the same for any player. Meaning they're, they're, they have, I mean, if you look at the benefits you have at work and you're a, at the top level of management in any fortune 500 company, your benefits are still nowhere near as good as what the NFL gives you. I'm not talking about your stock options and other elements. Yeah, they fought for that. Yeah, but they gave well, up. They gave up a lot. They gave up a lot. They gave up the extra game. Those are things that they 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 got a good amount of 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 meat and potatoes things for the players, but they gave up that game. Well, the if if you look at the game for a typical player, you, it's about fifty to sixty thousand dollars worth. That game's worth for the typical player. I'm talking about a vet men guy or somebody's in the league in the first four years of their contract, which is most of the league. Right. You know, you you have uh, it's fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Those benefits, I can tell you, are worth several hundred thousand dollars per player per year and it includes all kinds of things long-term care insurance 401k and, and and they're they're all juiced to to a level that you would never see I mean, you read through it it's like oh my god i would love to have these benefits right. so anyway, uh, <laughs> I, anyway, they, they they the benefits they have are absolutely tremendous and the risk they have is 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 big too they get they get long-term long-term care insurance which is when you when you're unable to satisfy the activities of daily living like you can't feed yourself and Unfortunately, that's a risk that players are taking. They may shorten their activities of daily living lifespan, and they do they do have insurance for that, though, so someone will take care of them. It was the same way, I'm just going to say, in a different way in the 1970s when people were taking steroids, the 80s, when the steroid era was on in football. You had all kinds of people taking tons of steroids. They knew the risks. They really knew right. then, and they said, know what, take 10 years off my life, and they, they're raising their hand for that deal to be stronger than the next guy on the on the or the guy across from them, more importantly. 
But I think the money is is way better now that players don't have to do it. So that's why you see an Andrew Luck retiring yeah. early, a Luke uh, Luke Kuechly retiring yeah. early because they're making like fifty million dollars within the first eight years of their deals. So it's like you know what, I don't I don't have to put my body through this. Whereas the guys literally were fighting for their lives because they weren't seeing what these younger what what this new generation of players are seeing like right away. Like for instance, like if Lamar plays out his career and says he does like anywhere between 15 to 20 years, he'll leave the game a billionaire. Can you imagine what players in the seventies and the sixties and the eighties would think about that? Now? They, they, they could never even dream of one player becoming a billionaire just over the course of his career. But that's a reality of what's about to happen because just about every quarterback is going to be making more than $250 million per contract every time they re-up unless, you know, they, do a team friend and be on, make it like six or eight years and, and take away a lot of their financial uh, freedom and power. And that's just, of course, the, 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 the starting point because their endorsement money is enormous. And uh, you know, they have, they have lots of opportunity to make money outside the game. I mean, imagine what Peyton Manning, even, even though he didn't quite get in on the $50 million thing, he's, he's making a ton of money. Peyton Manning, <laughs> just imagine if Peyton Manning started right. Uh, don't even. Oh my God, that that's. But you know what? He is making his money off the field. He left the game with close to two hundred something million dollars, and he'll probably make way more off the field than he does now. Yeah. But there's there's that one point that I do want to make uh, when it comes to the salary cap that you mentioned earlier. Um, I think it goes to the have and the have nots, and I, I think a lot of NFL uh, fans. And some aficionados don't really pay attention to who's actually wealthy and who's who's just has a, a really nice net worth. Mm-hmm. And we're we're seeing a separation between the have and the have nots when it comes to owners in the NFL. Because not everybody is sick with sitting on a liquid pile of cash. That's right. Some some people have a net worth because of their team or some of the businesses that they own. Like they would have to sell stock to actually have that money. Or take it, loans to have that money, and that's the way they would do it because because the, the, the loans for against an NFL franchise totally easy to get. Totally, I, I, anyone who owns an NFL franchise, you see the expanding revenue and whatnot, very easy. But I, I I do think that there are a few teams who can't really put up the capital up front. Uh, but fortunately, we've got Steve Bashotti, who's the richest man in Maryland, and and uh, uh, he, he's by net worth six, by by net worth, and that, that means he can borrow. Well, does he want to, especially with the rates the way they are now? He could have borrowed two years ago where rates were practically zero. Rates are above 7%. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to borrow to pay all that back. It's a, it's a, rates aren't zero anymore. Cash is, cash is actually going to cost you when you borrow. That's why the banks are making so much money, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I understand that principle of being able to borrow off what you have or might have. But if you look at the Cronkies, if you look at the, the Waltons, if you look at Jones in, in Dallas, mm-hmm. they have money, not, not what's tied into the Cowboys, mm-hmm. not what's tied into the Rams. They have money. Steve has a net worth. He, has, he started with a really good business, and now he has a team that's worth about $4 billion. So it takes his, his net worth to about six, mm-hmm. right? That's what I've heard. I, yep. I, I, I can sit and sit here and probably be honest. Steve Bashadi's only probably sitting on about $80 million worth of cash right now. So it, it would be hard to estimate. 
Right, but it, but what, with that said, with the, antiqu- the antiquated rules that they have, whereas you have to put the not the first year, but every year after of the signing bonus into an escrow. The reason there were so many owners were saying, like, do I really want to take two hundred and fifty million dollars and put it into escrow? Not everyone can say and go do that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to actually, regardless if they could, to actually do that. So, you know, Mr. Brown in for the Bengals, I don't think he he he, he can afford to do that. Uh, um, I forgot his name. For the Raiders, Davis. I don't remember yep. his for his 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 son's first Mike name. Mike Davis. Yeah. Right. He's he's not he's paper rich. He's not liquid rich. So he can't sit there and go and say, you know what? I can go and manipulate the cap and and stretch all this money out into the future, knowing that like like we stated, you you hinted at the the gambling money that's about to hit the sport um, after this season. That's not going to hurt those teams that are buying into the future, like the Rams. Like how basically the New Orleans Saints took seventy-five million dollars off their books and put it into the future off of Cam Cameron Jordan and and Michael Thomas and some of their other players. So I don't. And then and then at you're the, at saying the end of it, just to be just to be clear on that point, you're saying that the teams that have borrowed from the future you think will do well because the cap will increase by enough from additional revenues that they'll make it work. It I won't penalize them. It, it won't penalize them. And then you have those teams that are too conservative in their ways, not understanding for some players, you have to adapt. And I give credit to a, a conservative team. You look at the team like um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who've never done guaranteed deals past the first two years, but they accommodated TJ Watt. Why did they accommodate TJ Watt? A special because they, he's a special, he's an anomaly he, for his position. His win rate is absolutely ridiculous. How do I not compensate for that? How do I let that walk through the door? What were we before Lamar Jackson showed up? They missed the playoffs four years in a row and were about to be five before Lamar came in mid-season and took over a four and five team and lost one game. The same team that Flacco and Harbaugh had, he took to the playoffs. The only thing changed was that one player. That one player changed everything. You, see, you, don't, you really don't have to convince me on the notion <laughs> that Lamar Jackson has tremendous value. I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced, and I've made the point many times, that I don't think any system is really capturing his full value because I think that he improves the other players on the field by by more than such any a other. Force, such a force multiplier. Yeah. Such a force multiplier. That he, yeah. he makes the O-line's job easy, and oh, yeah. he's one of the few players that he's so great on offense. He assists the defense. He allows them to rest because of yeah. all the turning up, the turning of third downs. That's yep. another third down. So that's another three minutes that the defense gets to not be on the field. And he turns another third down. Like okay, nine minutes in real time has passed, and my defense is well rested. Just so the notion of. Come, uh, I'm sorry. Just just the notion of playing with the lead has tremendous value. So any any quarterback who can bring you, you know, offensive firepower and and do that. I'll tell you what, it's great to see them back to the 2019 Ravens in the second half against Tampa Bay. Uh, with with having they had 18 first downs only yeah. went to third down five times converted four of those only missed the one time that was the 2019 offense we were looking at again and i yeah, tell you that is a lot of straight time. drives scored yeah. on four straight drives in the second half and they i think they almost had almost close to 40 minutes of time of possession i think it was like 38 minutes of time of possession it that basically was the 2019 uh style of offense you 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 hit it on the head Ken. 
All right. Outstanding. Just a ton of fun talking about this with you, Jama. Tell folks where they can find you online or talk football with you. Um, I'm under my name, under Twitter handle at Jama Raymer. Um, I usually just talk sports. I'm in the spaces with a bunch of uh, different people who love sports and love the Ravens. And I'll always give you the real, I believe, like my my uh, my handle for it, not my name, but my handle is Truth Good Medicine. So even <laughs> even if you, you don't want to hear it, I'm going to tell it to you. <laughs> All right. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. And if you're like JAMA and you're passionate about something and you, you have good ideas, always well articulated, or you have analytic material you'd like me to review with you, I'd love to see your study. Love to hear what you have to say about the Baltimore Ravens in about 20 or 25 minutes. JAMA, thanks again for coming on. No problem, Ken. Anytime. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Stuck. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Ad Force. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.